So you're listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. My name is Jeff. And are you on the line, Anna? I am. Are you? Hello. Hello. So we have Tommy in the room with us. And so Tommy Hopkins is someone that we've known for quite a while. I think probably, what, going on 11 or 12 years? I was going to say 10 or 12, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So we've known him for a while. And, uh, yeah, uh, we've had him on the show, well, probably, what, three or four times in the That's six, right. yeah. five or Something. six years we've been doing this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so Tommy's claim to fame is he is a world-famous <laughs> shaman. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. Yeah. Well, he's famous in his own mind. Yeah, okay, that would be good. Yeah, there you go. And in ours. Yes, yeah. very Yoo-hoo! much so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's going to be one of those weird and wacky shows, but we're known for that. Uh, you know, at the beginning of, of the process, when we, or process, I think, is the Canadian version, uh, tomato, tomato, whatever. When we first started doing the show, I was really reluctant to push the boundaries as far as like uh, loopy doodle kind of stuff and keeping it more vanilla just for the sake of listeners that would be offended, you know, like Republican or conservative voters, that kind of thing. Anyway, um, but over time, the truth of who we were came out. And, you know, I've, I've been reminded over and over again to be more authentic. And so, because for me, doing shtick, doing, doing a show where... You're entertaining and making people want to listen and blah, blah, blah is a really important thing. But it's not sustainable if you can't be, uh, well, if you can't be yourself through the whole time. And I went through a period of huge resistance when I didn't think that I could be who I truly was and who I truly am is a combination. Uh, I'm a three-dimensional person, but I'm also a spiritual person. And uh, something that I have to tip my hat to Tommy with is that he is what he is with no apologies. Would you agree with that? Sure. That sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) And if he does... I am who I am. If you say something that is offensive to the audience, then I'll apologize for you. How's okay. that? I'll try not to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Anna and I have been going through a process. For those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, we really have done our best to begin healing the hole in our soul, or souls. Uh, and, and take you along for the ride. Yes, exactly. And it's a whole take no prisoners kind of thing. And... It's just really important in the times that we live in, in my humble opinion, it's really important for us to deal with our caca. Because if we don't, we will be nana. (laughs) Well, we've talked over and over again about wanting to help society shift, right? That, That that's what the show is about. And over the time that we've talked to, however many people we've talked to about their personal shifts, we realize that if you want to shift society, you first have to heal yourself. 
Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. And so that's been the exercise. And it's not a, an easy process. Anna and I have been doing this for a long time. It's been decades that we've been on the path toward finding healing and the, you know, healing the hole in our soul. But it's always layers of an onion, right? Yeah. You think, yeah. okay, you've done this course or whatever. You've read this book. You've done this meditation. You've attended this class, whatever it is. And you think, okay, finally, once and for all, it's all over. And now I can go on with life. <laughs> and she's laughing. Good luck on that one. Yeah. 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 And we've been at this for a little over 20 years actively. Yes. And uh, I think after about seven years, I thought, hmm, maybe I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good luck on that one. It goes on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, reminds me of the, it reminds me of the line in Magnolia where it says, you may be done with the past, but the past isn't done with you. And yeah, so the things that, that are bringing us down, excuse me, the things that are bringing us down, holding us back, they will continue to do so until we deal with them. And that's one of Tommy's specialties. And so again, we've talked about the whole shaman thing. And for people with photographic memories, <laughs> maybe you want to tune this out for the next few minutes, but if you'd like to have a little bit of a reminder, then go ahead and listen. What I wanted to do is just get a little bit of background from Tommy as to what motivated you to pursue this path. And, well, I guess later on we'll talk about the shifts that have happened inside of you right, right. from taking this path. Okay, so okay. let's see. I guess I started on this path about 30 years ago, 1988, actually. Yeah. And um, I didn't know I was starting on this path at the time. I was just following along kind of thing. But what I realized in my everyday life was I felt like I was missing something. There was something I needed to know. There was something I needed to learn. I didn't know what it was. I just felt like there was a... Well, you. A hole that, yeah. that I need to yeah. investigate, right? Mm -hmm. So that, uh, so I, that's what I worked on. Um, and gosh, gosh, I traveled all over the place, um, doing, following what I needed, felt I needed to follow. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was clowning. And um, I went to Toronto, did an advanced clown workshop there, and came back and got interested in. Um, Magic, performing kind of magic. Right. End up going to a mystery school in New York for three three years, not like three yep. some well, three times, and that was fun. But um, I don't know. Somewhere along the line, um, I, I was still looking. It wasn't. I wasn't there yet. Right. And um, I was at a, a healing gathering down in the states, down in the Okanagan in the states. And a healing gathering, people share stuff that they do, stuff that turns them on. Right. And so there might be any, anybody there. Like there, I remember one time there was a guy who rehabilitated hawks. Hawks? 
Yeah, he had a okay. hawk there. And yep. at, at some point, he had to, of course, let it go, but it had to be able to do its own hunting and all that kind right. of stuff, right? And then there'd be somebody on numerology, and somebody would be singing, singing or whatever. Anyway, I went to one on shamanism, and I didn't know what even what that was. And I listened mm-hmm. to the talk for about an hour and a half, and I couldn't make heads or tails of, a, of any of it. Um, she was using words I never heard of before. Um, things like retrievals and extraction healing and right. soul loss. I mean, I mean, you can lose your soul. <laughs> well, so, but I, at the I end, think that's happened to a few politicians in our country and especially have, south of the border, right? Um, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. We won't go there right now, though. <laughs> yeah. There's um, enough of that crap in the mainstream in the, media. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, actually, soul loss is a, is a body survival mechanism. Basically, if, if we're in some sort of um, critical situation, like a logging cut truck coming boring down on our little Honda Civic or something, yeah. um, a part of our body will leave so our physical body can survive the, the trauma mm-hmm. that went on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of an extreme case, but it can be. It doesn't have to be that extreme. It can be very, a lot less than that. Right. Um, and um, so, anyway, at the end of it, she would pass out this this um, photocopy of a magazine article on soul retrieval, and I took it home and I actually read it like two weeks later or something, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, I need one of these things. Like I could feel it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's not that I see stuff, it's that I feel stuff. We're all a little little different, right? I'd have to say that I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. I I feel the vibe, whatever it is. Yeah, rather than than see it or whatever. And that's why music for me is really important, because it's something that you feel, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. So um, I phoned the lady who had given the talk, had her phone number on it, and she lived in Idaho, and I phoned her, and she didn't know how to do this um, soul retrieval stuff. Right. And she didn't know anybody around. This was in 1992, by the... Yeah. Got that far along. And it was, at that time, it was kind of really new, at least to our, the to, to the white indigenous, white culture, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I can't do it, but I'm, I'm going to sponsor a basic workshop in about a month. You could come to that, maybe get a line on somebody. I felt really positive. Sign me up. Right. And in the basic workshop, with the, and this was with the Foundation of Shamanic Studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, they're online. You can go there if you, anybody wants to. Um, and you learn how to journey. Right. And, and we use a steady, monotonous beat, like a rattle or a drum beat or... Some cultures, like you know, Tibetan bowl or didgeridoo, or and some use a voice. The, the human they sing spiritual mm-hmm. songs. So that beat is to synchronize with the heart. Is that um, what's no, the, not necessary. No. Um, what's the reason behind it? Is that's your road to wherever it is you need to go, okay. and it's your road back again. Okay. It, and where you need to go is your whatever your intention is. Gotcha. Right. So it's your road there and your road back. And it, it also puts you in a very um, spot close to, to sleeping. Okay. And, or, and, the, and the dream state. Mm-hmm. 
So when you're journeying, you're actually, it's very close to dreaming, mm -hmm. except with a dream, whatever's going to happen just keeps rolling on. In a journey, you can stop. If you don't understand something, you can stop. Say, hey, I don't show me this in a different way. I don't understand it. What's mm -hmm. going on here? Right. That kind of thing, right? Right. Um, I'm just thinking it probably wouldn't be a good idea to listen to ACDC's Highway to Hell if you were trying to do that. Um, no, because yeah. it doesn't relax. you you got to be relaxed, but not asleep. Although sometimes right. I've had journeys where I've fallen asleep and... They're right. fantastic, but <laughs> I, I have so many literal friends. I was actually making a joke there. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just totally ignored it. I have so many friends that do that to me. It's really depressing. What falling to sleep? No, ignoring what uh, my my <laughs> wonderful sense of humor. Yes, yeah. Well, anyway, continue, my friend. Um, where was I? Um, so I I took the work basic workshop where you learn to journey, and I, yep. what I found for me it was very empowering. Mm -hmm. And that's what kept me doing this stuff all these years is I found it personally empowering. And plus, people around me would be empowered. Like we right. had a session there. And I think, right. I think you feel and felt empowered somewhere along the way there, I would think. Well, it's a combination. And I guess, right. I mean, we have talked about this. You've shared that aspect before. Right. And so I think maybe we should go into the meat and potatoes of the recent experience as well. Okay, you um, start. Well, that's, yeah. Um, I guess, well, really, the person that should be starting is Anna because what happened, how this all began, what was it, three weeks ago? Are you oh, still there? I don't, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Maybe but um, Anna has shared her ongoing struggle that she's had with family issues her mother in particular, um, right. she was um, abused badly by her father. And it was her father that she felt that she had to heal the relationship with. But in the processing over the recent months, she's realized that it was her mother that really was the, the big player in the drama that she's been dealing with. And... Do you want to touch on that a little bit, Anna, or do you think that you've touched on that sufficiently in the past? Uh, I'll leave that um, up to you. Well, I know. I guess I haven't really. I mean, I've talked a lot about the fact that I was abused as a child, yeah, uh, sexually and physically, by my father. Um, but what I began to realize is I could, I could forgive and release him. I could never really reestablish a relationship with him because he himself is not willing to heal or even address the, the issue. Right. But I was trying hard to um, form some form of relationship with my mom. But uh, in the process of trying to get clear with her, I realized that I had to address the fact that she had never protected me. And not to accuse, but to simply, you know, put our cards on the table, start yeah. from a place of of um, solid ground, and yeah. she wouldn't. She wouldn't deal with that either. It was another situation of of just wanting to pretend like nothing happened and move on. And, and, and it wasn't was still, just with you either. It was with your siblings as well. Yeah, I mean, right? we did a show after Christmas talking yeah. about family dynamics, and 
how at, at that point I was really the catalyst for me to realize that my mom is still an abuser and is still creating um, as many issues in my family as my father, mm-hmm. even though she wasn't maybe the one that was uh, as physical. Um, and so I tried. We initiated a conversation once again with her to try to get some clarity, and she reacted not positively. She wasn't happy um, with the idea that we were trying to put it on the table. So I realized that my only option at this point, because I can't have a healthy relationship with my family, was to divorce my family, to not not my siblings, but my my parents. Um, yeah. And I know this sounds like I'm coming from a place of not forgiveness, but on the contrary, I've actually forgiven them. And now I want to be free of them. I, I realize that the only way that I can set limits and not have abuse in my life is if I get rid of the people in my life who are abusive. And my parents were the primary individuals. And the reality... So, oh, go ahead. I, um, I made that choice. And uh, something that you know, people, our listeners, may or may not have any experience with is um, the energetic consequences of our relationships. So when I decided to make a break from my parents and I communicated that with them, they became angry. And even though I wasn't speaking with them, I was still getting a certain amount of energetic slap back from their anger. And how do you know that you're not just being crazy? Um, Well, generally what happens to me I mean, I'm somewhat sensitive to energy because I do energy work with people when they're dying. Yeah. Uh, I know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is really, for me, the definitive is when I'm feeling, um, generally, it, there's a certain amount of confusion, um, sometimes pain, um, sometimes emotions. And they don't have any origin in what's actually going on in my life at the time. It's just yeah. a kind of out-of-the-blue thing. And if I then um, intend to put a stop to that energy, whatever it is, and put a bubble around myself, I visualize personally um, a, a reflective bubble that I am in and everything else bounces off of. And suddenly those symptoms disappear then I know that what is going on is at its source energetic. Yes. So with my parents, after I communicated to them that I was ending my relationship, I no longer wanted to have one with them. Um, and you did and it without a lot of heat. If, if I can interrupt at this point, it was done very gently. It began with a letter that I wrote on behalf of yep. us and the rest of the family. And it was done in a way to let them off the hook. All they had to do was gently admit to the mistakes of the past and simply ask for forgiveness and remind them that the family was ready to forgive and move on. Right? But the response was... Yeah, I don't even think you asked that they ask for forgiveness, but that you pointed out that most of their children were unaware 
of any sort of positive emotions any um, love. on their part. Yeah. I mean, you specifically said none of us really were certain that they loved us. Yeah. I'm which just, is true. I, I'm just they saying it wasn't done. Cold. It wasn't done in a spirit of an attack. It wasn't an accusation. It was just simply, no, no. it was from no. the heart. It was saying, you know, we're struggling and are you willing to reach out and help your children, all of your children? And yeah. yeah, so sorry to interrupt, but I was just trying to clarify that because it really is important, in my opinion, that you do have to, when you're having these kinds of communications with people that you have long-term stuff with, you have to come from that place of purity and gentleness. If you do it antagonistically I, you're going to get that that slap yeah. but then I mean, you get I, it you anyway. know what? I, I, I've always wanted to come from that place of uh, being clear in myself that yeah. there's not a lot of energy on my part mm-hmm. um, and I generally try to uh, forgive and let it go before I even communicate but I I don't know if you have to do it that way I mean I've I've seen cultures that communicate passionately and then sometimes angrily, but I think personally that one of the most harmful things that we can do to our bodies and ourselves is to stuff our own emotions. And so if you can't come to a place of gentle forgiveness and all of that beforehand, I think you can still communicate in a way that owns your own feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And there can be heat. I sometimes regret that I was so afraid to communicate my feelings to my family when I was feeling a lot of feelings. Uh, I never felt safe to do that until I could really communicate it in a way that I felt wasn't going to get any slap back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, being an abused child, you're afraid of conflict. So I personally um, made sure that I didn't aggravate the situation in the way that I communicated. But in simply communicating clearly and saying, I consider myself an orphan from now on, you look after you, I'll look after me. That's Mm -hmm. all I said. Mm -hmm. Um, And that created a lot of anger, which yeah we had to deal with energetically and, and what created anger as well because and and people from that generation and I don't mean to be uh whatever that term is an ageist or whatever but um a number of people from that era are really hung up on what other people think and I guess in mm-hmm. many respects <laughs> things haven't changed that's why people buy into the societal norms and take on situations they w- that they wouldn't otherwise do. But it was the fact that I said in the letter gently that I am giving a copy of this document to everyone in the family so that there's no more secrets. Yeah. And the reply that came back from your mother after the first heated reply at the very end, she said, you should not have shared this with the others, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so well, this is a, a typical trait of an abusive family, keeping secrets, yes. uh, maintaining a very different public persona than a private one. Yes. And it's 
it's something that I had reinforced my entire life, and yeah. it definitely was um, crossing a taboo in my family for us to communicate what was going on to mm-hmm. everyone in the family rather than just between my parents and I. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was an issue. But anyways, we were going to talk about what Tommy did um, to assist with this process. Yeah. So I was dealing with uh, some energetic slapback from my parents. I tried over and over and over again to set those boundaries, but I was too attached. I still had, you know, mommy and daddy issues. I still mm-hmm. felt a certain uh, emotional vulnerability to them. So I asked Tommy, or Tommy offered actually, um, because he, we were talking about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um he offered to do a journey with me to explore those connections and the unhealthy energetic ties that I had and maybe even past life and um, do some work with me on a deeper level to help me to release my parents once and for all. Oh, if you're going to talk about past lives, I'm leaving the building here. That's all (laughs) wacky, loopy doodle stuff. (laughs) No, we're going to talk yeah. about that. So, yeah. So, Tommy, if you'd like to share, like what I found, maybe before you you uh, speak to what Anna was just talking about, it's an interesting process that you go through as someone that attends a session like this. And there is the establishing of a safe space. Like, I think it would be really important, and I think the listeners might be interested in knowing just what you do to make the whole experience a safe one. Because there's a lot of vulnerability involved here. You're digging into some really deep, dark areas of your psyche. Definitely, definitely. Right? Yeah. So, could you talk about that? Um, so, what I, whenever I do a session or do this kind of work I always like to take time to um, make sure the place where I'm doing it is vacuumed and cleaned and stuff yeah. and then as people come to to do the work I smudge them outside before they even get in the door Right. and then um, to help spirit um, to know that we're going to do some stuff because it's really spirit that's doing the work mm-hmm. in my opinion yep. we're, we're just there going through the, the stick kind of thing <clears throat> so I like to sing some songs and when we sing songs music again yep. um, we give energy to spirits so spirits it's easier for spirit to help us back mm-hmm. and also the songs I like to sing you know it's like I have like a calling in song the first right. one and and then I have honoring of different things. As I usually sing four songs, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And then uh, I call in all the direct. I call. I like to call in the six directions: north, east, south, west, and above and below. Right. And then um, uh, what I do is patch pass the smudge pot to whoever's there, and they get to put out whatever prayers or intention or yeah for themselves or those other people if they want that's 
part of the deal. Right. And I do the same thing, and then I smudge you all again, and then I go around the room, creating a, what I call a sacred space with the smudge. Yeah. And when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm inviting the compassionate spirits because it's important to me to only work with compassionate spirits. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's compassionate spirits, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I invite what I call the trickster spirits to go outside. I made, I made a special, I made a special place out there for them, so they can do what they need to do out there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do with the compassionate spirits what we, what we're going to do inside, right? Right. So, so to me, that, and I've had a lot of people say that I um, create a strong mm-hmm. circle. Right. Yes. And it takes time to do that. I mean, that's just the way it is, as far as I know. Right. Well, and the more the merrier, too. Right. Yeah. If yeah. if you're asking for as much help as from, possible, yeah, exactly. Then it yeah. makes your a, job in a easier. good way. That's in a, a good way. It's worrying is pretty important yeah. in in this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, because you just don't want willy lily. Yeah, spirits coming in who are looking for something for themselves, right? We want compassion. Our compassionate spirits, or any compassionate spirits right. from any of the directions, to to be present, and mm-hmm. uh, not only be present, but to be kind of on guard, and and uh, that's part of the calling in too is protection mm-hmm. while we're working. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got signs on my door and on my steps and everything, so not disturbed. The phones dis- totally disconnected and. And no peddlers, solicitors, yeah. especially yeah. religious ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't come to my that's house. All, they don't come door. to my house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that to me, that's really important. And then the next part I do when I'm working with somebody is lay them down and get them comfortable. It's important that they're comfortable because if they got something digging in their back or something, it takes them out of the yeah the space right yeah and relax them some more and i kind of talk them through a journey is what i do actually Mm -hmm. and and then um i have to also if i can interject at this point what i found really interesting i'm trying to talk to the skeptics as well right because we have all kinds of people that that listen to the show totally and uh one thing i can say is you're not, I'm very careful for this kind of thing. Growing up in a cult situation and being in businesses, big corporations that were in essence cults. And I've talked about that right. quite a lot on the show. Right. So I'm really sensitive to that kind of stuff. Right. I'm really sensitive to sniffing out bullshit, right. if I can say. Yeah. And what I can say with, with yourself is you draw it out you don't plant seeds right right yeah yeah. and that's the difference that's Uh, what makes it real i don't know i'm just do it so yeah but you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah i know what you're saying it's it's you establish the safe space and you say okay where are you feeling right blockage where are you feeling 
the draw, whatever right. it is. Right. And you leave it up to the person to tune exactly. in. And it really is something that you feel in the moment. Yeah. I mean, we all have aches and pains, right? Right. And some of us, I mean, myself in particular, I think, okay, I've got a pain in my back, for example. Yeah. And I think, well, okay, what did I do physically? Was I doing firewood or whatever you know, the thing right. was? Right. Did I turn the wrong way? And is that why I'm feeling pain? Or is it something else? Exactly. And yeah. and what happens, and Anna, I think you can answer this to, uh, as well. When, when you go down the list and you say, okay, was it something physically that I did? Right. And you tune into it and you go, well, that doesn't quite feel Jive, right. right. Yeah. yeah. And then you say, all right, well, is there, is there some kind of a connection? Right. And we all do it. I, yeah, I don't yeah. care if you believe in all this loopy, loopy doodle, hocus pocus crap or not. Right. But there are times, and I can, I can say to the biggest atheist out there, that why is it if you think about a certain person <laughs> or you think about a, a situation from your past, and if you're honest about yourself, if, you, if you're honest with your body, why is it that you have a certain reaction? And science is proving over and over again how we are electrical, how we are interconnected, how we are energy, right? So just because you accept that into your belief system, or at least it's a possibility, it doesn't mean that you have to wear a bed sheet. It doesn't mean that you have to shave your head and walk backwards and give your power away to power crystals. Right. Right. It's just acknowledging that, yeah, there are other aspects to us that are other than physical. Right. Right. The way I look at it is, uh, I don't know if any of this is real. I go at it from a position of what I call suspended belief. I simply go, well, I'm going to just, Pretend it is and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And if it benefits me in the end, I will feel that. Mm -hmm. And that in sort of reinforces my belief, perhaps over time, when we have done these sorts of things and I've experienced profound shifts, sometimes physical, sometimes emotional. Mm -hmm. But I. When I enter into the process, I don't know if this is real or not, but I'm willing to act as if it is. Well, even if it's a placebo, who cares as long as it works, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, you're not asking for worship, are you, Tommy? You're not saying, you know, <laughs> no. I'm the master, I'm the guru, whatever, bow down definitely and kiss not. the ring. Not definitely not. All you're doing is you're saying, here are tools that yeah. I use right. to help people find exactly. the holes in their souls right. and remind them that they are the ones in control right. to stop the bleed. Right. Well, right? What, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't have an agenda or anything. I'm just, yeah. other than trying to help the person who's there. Yes. Whatever that means. And everybody, it's different yes. every time. Mm -hmm. It can be similar, but mm -hmm. different. And I think what Anna is talking about in, in one sense is that 
we're we're multi-level. Like we've got the physical level, we've got the emotional level, we've got the mental level, we've got the spiritual level. Yep. So if you're talking about physical, what 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 where are the other three levels in that pain, right? Yeah. Well, especially if it's a past situation. Exactly. If there was a physical interaction with someone that hurt you, right. like they physically touched you in a certain way right. or yeah. they right. hit right. you with an object right. or whatever, right. Right. there is a physical memory. Yeah, exactly. That is there. But there's also other memories. Well, yeah, with there's it. the emotional side. There's right. the shock maybe yeah. of yeah. why did you do this? Yeah. Right. And why do I feel so bad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. So. And then if you combine it with the spiritual side, because it's almost like you have to connect to that bigger self, that bigger you to realize that you're more than the this lifetime. Right. To me, it's the spiritual level that connects them all together. Exactly. Exactly. But it's blending all of those things. And, right. okay, answering uh, from my perspective, and Anna may want to contribute more about her experience with, with her journey that you did with her, but she also had other things that came to her when you did my session 10 days later. Exactly, yeah. And for me, I was just so totally amazed at how many hooks, how many... Everybody is. Everybody yeah. cannot believe how many of those, and we probably didn't even get them all. Exactly. And it's like, and then I just realized how strong I must have been all this time to, 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 to be that able burden. to carry all of that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's why... So explain a little bit more about... Well, okay, hooks or or energetic bleeds, right. cords. I call you know, them cords. Wh- whatever you want to call, call them. Yeah, the terminology. But, yeah, but it's that. a drain of yeah. some sort. And right. and there again, for, for the listeners, when you go into a situation where, uh, let, let's say you walk into a room of people, and let's say that group of people, the overall vibe is not very positive. How do you feel? When you walk into that room, because if you're at all sensitive, right, you're going to feel yeah, the vibe. Right. Your your gut's going to twist. Right. You, you may end up with some kind of pain in your body, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. But you're going to have a reaction to it. What I found in those situations, it's usually one person that's really having a yes. What do you say, a tough day or something? Yes, <laughs> and that. It and, has a spin-off effect. Well, actually, I didn't. I show you the about your boundaries. How big yeah. your boundaries yeah. are when you? Yeah, yeah, I, I did when you were there. Yes, and it, most that blows people away because they don't realize how big your yeah. your actual boundary. I don't know how much it is, but it's yeah, and it's maybe many you, feet. Maybe you should explain what this is because people are going to go. Well, what do you mean? How how did you how did you see where your boundaries were? So I'll leave that up to you to explain. So um, I like to show people this because they, they don't realize how far their energy actually yep. projects. Mm-hmm. And most people's energy projects mostly out the front, a little bit less on the side and hard, mostly not so much on the back. But not, that's where we get that's attacked we, a lot of times. Because that's where we're the most vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. back of our neck, we're very vulnerable in that spot, actually. Right. So what I use is divining rods, um, like witching rods for water or whatever, but 
You could use a coat hanger if you wanted to, I right? I have used coat yeah. hangers. Yeah. So, um, and you just program it to to ask the rods to turn when you when you get to the person's energy field. And, and I have to do this outside because there's not enough room right. inside to do this. Right. In fact, I had you park your car the other side so that we had enough. And even then, I'm across the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, and you just ask the rods to turn when you get to Jeff's en- or whoever's energy field. Yep. And then you get to do four sides of the body, and you could get you get you kind of get to draw a map, mm-hmm. basically, of where the person's energy is. Mm-hmm. And then we do it again, but this time you ask them to think themselves big, Superman or right, whoever. Right. And you do it again, and you'll be surprised how much it jumps bigger. Yeah, and I noticed that too. And, and again, it's a tangible thing and right. I, I could see it. I mean, you, you're not, but the, the bone, to, you to were me, not manipulating. I, I show you it. how to do it and you can do it. And then yeah, exactly. it's not just me exactly um, trying to push it on you or something like that. Yeah. I get you to do it. And so we'll, there was no we'll, snake oil involved is, is the point, right? You were you were not doing something false in order yeah. to no, no, to no, sell no. a point. You right. were just saying this is how it works, and then you empower the person that you're right. doing it with and say, exactly. "Now you do it." Yeah, exactly. Right. And th- the reason I wanted to show you your boundaries is because you guys were having boundary issues, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted you to know you have a map in your head of where your boundary is. Right? Yes, exactly. And so it's important. And when you did that with us, it, I mean, it was apparent that um, basically your energy field projects out around you like 50 or 60 feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's why you can walk into a room and. Have oh, I know. And, and there's been all kinds of studies about that. Um, the, uh, the HeartMath Institute has done a whole bunch of research okay, right. on how our energy field and and they go by regions of the body like the heart itself is one of the biggest radiators that makes sense yeah. and for for good or yeah. or not so not good. so good right yeah. and so that's why it's so important especially for those of us who live our lives through our hearts right it's really important to be clear about that because it can have a huge effect on others in that yeah. field right right and yeah, so go ahead, continue. Um, so the other thing that's coming up that I like to say is the, with this, each of the sessions is, and I mentioned getting comfortable. Yeah. That's really important because what I find that needs to happen is the person needs to be really comfortable and then I talk them down so that they're actually slowed right down. down. And then these cords or whatever you want to call them or can you can they can start feeling them yeah normally we're going too quickly or thinking too fast or doing too much you have to slow this right down well it's more than just something in your head it's something that you literally have to feel it, and it, this is it and this, it is that, and they the do feel like i asked the person to do a scan of their body and yeah and do you notice anything any particular part right yeah and you go from there yeah, and once people get do one or two, boy, the usually opens a can of worms. They get, yeah. Oh, we got this one over here. <laughs> do yet? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and then it's kind of humorous i have to say like the, yeah. the process that you go to to actually cut that cord is oh wow is it's very, pretty noisy it's very noisy it's humorous in a way but yeah but but the noise and the humor i think that's all part of it well it makes it 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 removes the heaviness from the process right and because it's so over the top it's something that you remember if you're just talking if you're saying okay the cord to so and so is now, now cut severed yeah. namaste <laughs> yeah. om no, no it doesn't work that way because well, especially the, if it's a really intense relationship that you're trying oh, to yeah, deal with, right? You've got to go over the top. I mean, exactly. You, you got to hammer that thing. Well, one of and the, make it memorable. One of the things I've learned over the years, at least to me, I don't know if it's scientific or whatever. Yeah. But the throat chakra, the fifth chakra, yeah, is the shamanic chakra. This is where you move lots of stuff. This is where you sing. This is where right. I make the chainsaw noise or what, whatever. Right. Yeah. And so you you put. What I'm doing is putting action to the words and to the yeah. my hand movements or my body movements or whatever yeah. to sever that that um, that cord. I call them cords, but, right? Um, and yeah, so and I, th- I think that's kind of the trick of the whole thing is is actually putting action. Mm-hmm. to the thought you're not just thinking about it you're not just vegetating on it you're actually putting some real action in right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what to me that's what makes the difference right and the more energy you put into that the better exactly and you know it's like it makes oh, it memorable whoosh, no it's cutting that doesn't do it no you go ah <laughs> yeah now you just blew up everybody's speakers tommy that was a we're gonna get that sued. was <laughs> Tommy works up a sweat doing this anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and, and I mean, hey, I've done a lot of this, this kind it, of healing stuff. And I've scared right? a few people doing that. I mean, even though I've given them warning. I said, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I've had dogs attack me, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> their owner's dog. Yeah. They think I'm doing. Oh, because they're trying to protect their master. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't allow any dogs in the right. round now. <laughs> Unless they're little chihuahuas. No, I no, don't know. No. They're those little guys can be little anchor biters too. You yeah. know, no Dobermans allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, no dogs named Fido or Killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Black Fang. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah. In terms of the experience itself, in the aftermath of the whole thing, um, and dealing with the past stuff, one of the connections that I had to make what came to you in that whole thing was to reconnect with the seven-year-old child. Right. And for me, that was a really pivotal, pivotal time in my life. Right. Because I went from a relatively happy childhood. Right. Growing up in a small town. Right. And being somewhat popular in the neighborhood and all the other stuff, especially with the little girls. (laughs) Anyway, I, uh, my, my, my parents found this new religion. Right. And we ended up moving from the small town into the big city and we came what in grade one. So it was my first grade year and we moved just around the Christmas season. 
And we didn't celebrate Christmas. We didn't celebrate any of the normal holidays that society did. And uh, so here I was. I was just turning seven years old. And I was the weirdo. I was... In the new situation? In the new school in the city. Right. And so, again, you know, I'm not going to belabor the whole thing, but I was either beaten or the threat of, of being, being beaten right. every day of my life right. for the next seven years. Yeah, right. And so that was a really hellacious time. But I didn't know any of that. No, I know that. But yeah, I'm just saying yeah. that I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, that the seven-year-old, it's something that I've buried in the past. Yeah, if I'm going right. to move forward in my life as but an adult. But that was the part that needed to come back. Well, exactly. It's the one that was always... Not nagging at me right. and and resisting. So here I am in my adult life trying to move forward in my life. And somewhere in my gut, in the back of my mind, in my soul, right. there was this void. Right. This raw, vulnerable, fearful aspect. And I thought I dealt with inner child stuff. Like, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been doing this stuff for a long time. But I realized in this whole process how I dropped the ball. Because back in the day when I did champion my inner child, I promised that I would not abandon him. But I did. Yeah. It's it was hard probably to, a survival. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's hard right? to drag right. that, that yeah. kind of stuff with you when you're trying to focus on the positive, right. you're trying to make a living, you're trying to uh, yeah. be all you can be, mm-hmm. and here is this vulnerable little boy that just wants to hide in his room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I would just basically I would just put him back in his room and say, "I guess I'll have to deal with this sometime." And just like I said at the beginning of the show, yeah, you know, you may be done with the past, but the past isn't done with you. Um, so on that, I think I should maybe clarify yeah. something. Yeah. Um, when I say soul loss, I don't mean the whole soul. We, we can lose just a piece or a part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. If our whole soul is gone, well, so is we're not here anymore, basically. Right. Right. But we can. It can be fractured a lot. Um, just to be clear on that. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's important, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just the beginning, right? It, yeah, it's like well, you do a session like this and it's not something that, okay, well that's <laughs> done and it's over. Uh, because I've right. quite frankly, I've been you're going still, through you're a be lot of this for a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm knocked on my ass a little bit. I know. Um, or it's ours, like I, I tell people it's when you're when you're when we do our session, I'm doing a lot of the work. But when you leave, that's when your work starts. Exactly, and I think you understand that now. You probably didn't get no, it before. No, no, no. I knew that all. Like yeah. I say, I mean, yeah. I've I've been yeah. around the block with right. all of this right. stuff. Right. right, It's just that okay, once and for all, I just wanted to deal with it. Right. That's it. Right. I just wanted to deal with it, and I'm tired of carrying this weight all the time yeah and yeah. i know that it's had an impact on my heart it's had an impact on everything every aspect yeah, totally of my body yeah and i have to say that it's still really scary 
mm-hmm. dealing with this stuff. Right. But I, I mean, there. So many of the listeners may think, "Why the heck are they talking about this?" But <laughs> I think it's really, really important because I think all of us, if we were really honest with ourselves. We all, for whatever reason, I mean, maybe your childhood was fine. Maybe it was your first love relationship. Uh, Maybe it was your first job. Who knows what the experience was, but we're all damaged by our interactions with others. Right. And so often for many of us, it is in our childhood. It, it, that's true, in the, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in the childhood. Right. It may have been in another lifetime, too. Yes, yes. And um, so one way or the other, when you have this rawness that hasn't been dealt with, right? Um, it's going to affect every aspect of your life. You're going to keep bringing in the same kinds of relationships. You're going to use the same sabotage methods to prevent yourself from being happy. Totally. Right? Yeah do, you, yeah. do you have anything to add to this, Anna? Uh, no. I, I guess just to um, clarify, what tends to happen is when you have trauma points. So what I discovered in going through the process is that I had three very young aspects that I needed to integrate. I had kind of worked my way back because I didn't have any memories of my childhood then when I started to recover them, they were mostly traumatic. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of started from my older memories and worked my way backwards. And the aspects that I hadn't managed to heal was the infant, the three-year-old and the five-year-old. Right. Which, when I looked back at my journals, those were all the, you know, the most traumatic points in those years. And so I lost a piece of myself in that process simply because as a kid you don't have the tools to process and heal whatever that event was most adults don't have the tools right yeah yeah you're right never mind kids what what happened to me (laughs) Mm -hmm. is i the only way i could move forward was to just sort of put it away said you know i don't i don't exactly with that exactly I, i can't move forward with that pain so you tuck it away somewhere and you don't deal with it, but it's still there. The gift that keeps um, on giving. Yeah. And the hole yeah, is still there, and, too. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, speaking of, as we were talking about earlier, about suspended belief and simply, uh, you know, basing your assessment of whether this is beneficial or not on the results, I know in... The, our situation after doing these two shamanic journeys and soul retrievals, um, both Jeff and I have experienced a ton of emotion and a lot of feelings that neither of us, you know, have any source for in our current life. These are just things that are coming up all of a sudden. Yeah. So, you know, that's my evidence that this is real, I guess, is that I'm feeling a lot more, and, you know, I haven't, for most of my adult life, been angry. I just, I don't feel anger, and um, I discovered when I integrated the three- and five-year-old that that's where the anger was, so I had some (laughs) random 
anger moments coming up for a while, which is kind of funny. But At least you yeah, weren't I kicking me, <laughs> even though you wanted to sometimes, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, I just knew that this has nothing to do with what's currently going on. This is just this, this aspect, experiencing anger. And so it's okay, breathe through it, whatever, <laughs> go for a walk. Right. But it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, so um, we did go through this process. We did um, a few things in the journey. We we removed energetic connections to people in our lives or past lives that were not healthy. We um, called back some parts of ourselves that we had lost at trauma points in our lives. And then, how do you close the ceremony, Tommy? Maybe just sort of wrap things up a little bit for us. Um, I always like to um, do something I learned from a shaman from Siberia, and that's asking the spirit of fire to balance whatever we've done that day or that, that session. And shamanism really is trying to bring balance to whatever. So to be more in balance with with um, everything, and then I like to use, uh, I got some angel bells, I like to seal the person up, and then when we're done all that, and um, then let spirit go, it's all you call spirit in, it's always really important to let them go, uh, or tell them that we're done, if they want to hang out, that's okay, but uh, it's time to, you know, we're, we've been here long enough, <laughs> I'm sure you guys got to go and do stuff, and I got to go do stuff. So, mm-hmm. thanks a lot, and cheery bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this process can take quite a while, right? I mean, that was like between three and five hours. I think. Something like that, yeah. Most people are surprised how long it how long it actually takes. It doesn't quite often. It doesn't seem that long to them lying there and doing all this stuff but right i've had you know people come like nine o'clock in the morning and then okay we're finished now it's three o'clock <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. right yeah i think yeah. my session was like five hours something like that yeah. yeah yeah and not the easiest thing to do but no um i had a lot of leverage on myself too right i'm right. tired of the pain i'm tired of yeah just the crap right and so once and for all i just wanted to get through it and be done with it right and it is a process i can say from personal observation that um there has been a lot of shifts as a result especially i think of retrieving a past life aspect you're talking about me yes yeah i i have observed a huge shift in you since that journey. I mean, I've experienced my own feelings and all of that, but just from a detached perspective, I can say that I've seen you behave differently in circumstances where I know in the past you would have had your buttons pushed. Um, One of the things that I've noticed people saying is they feel lighter afterwards. Yeah. Mm, I can say it's a combination of feeling lighter and also heavier. Because what it's done is it's begun 
a it, process. You're, where you're I, in process. Well, yeah, I yeah. need to dialogue. Right. I need to dialogue with the seven-year-old right. and right. Right. another aspect that I won't well, you go can into. Do that. No. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. what I'm, you know, it is yeah. a, a process, and right. I can't say that I'm not willing to do it every moment of every day. No. It's only when I'm ready yeah. to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Because I can't go into resistance because if I do, it ain't going to happen. Right. And I'll just bury everything in the past again and I'll have to do this dance another time. You probably don't want to do no, that. No, I don't want to do that. Not at all. <laughs> but anyway, so that's where it is. And I'm looking at the clock here. We've got a minute and a half. So... Before we sign off, and for those of you who are listening to this show, maybe for the first time, the show is called Shift Happens. My name is Jeff. And I'm Anna. Yep. And we've been interviewing Tommy Hopkins, who is a resident of Nelson. And I just wanted to publicly say thank you, Tommy, for You're putting, welcome. You're welcome. for holding space. Thanks for, for trusting me. And, yeah. Yeah. Well. I'll echo that. It, it was incredibly helpful, Tommy, and I mm-hmm. really cool. appreciate the cool. energy and effort you put into it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, and, uh, and thanks for sharing this with our listeners as yeah, well. Yeah, well, I hope they found it interesting. a little bit of an idea of... Yeah. I mean, people may not be do. pounding down your door or whatever. Well, it's just a hobby with uh, me. It's, I don't have a practice or healing practice or anything. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just... And that's the purity of it, I would have to say, is he just wants to share who he is. Right. And, yeah, and if you try and make it a commercial thing, it's a whole different ball of wax. And to it's not worth it. Exactly. So thank you once again. I'm going to hit play in five, four, three, two. See you later, guys. (laughs) 